0: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. This is Al-Fadi, and if you're tuning in, you're listening to another episode of Let Us Reason. And today we are going to take a breather uh, from uh, Bible, uh, government, and politics, uh, simply because, um, you know, these are really tough times uh, if you're living uh, in the U.S. And if you're living in a world that COVID also, in addition to politics, is another, uh, uh, you know, uh, Uh, Stressful, uh, basically, uh, condition and times. So I wanted to just to take a detour and talk about uh, something totally different. Uh, I am going to focus my message today from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. And we're going to show how worldview sometimes hinder us from seeing the power or the miraculous power of God. Now, let me uh, begin by reading Uh, the first uh, seven verses of the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 9. So starting with verse 1, it reads, As he passed by, now that he is in reference to Jesus, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And notice the emphasis here, the Holy Spirit is telling you this man did not become blind at a certain age. No, he was born blind. And his disciples, meaning the disciples of Jesus, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it wasn't that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. What an amazing miracle indeed. A miracle of making someone who's born blind all of a sudden get brand new eyes and sight to be able to see. And that's really my hope and my prayer that those who are born blind physically, that they will find hope in Jesus to help them heal physically. But most importantly, I pray for all who are blind spiritually to see in Christ the beauty of Jesus and receive eternal life and be able to see the truth clearly. These are tough times that we're living in in the world, and especially if you're living in North America or in the U.S. Not only there is a pandemic and a COVID to deal with and a virus, but also there are toxic politics that unfortunately are blinding the mind of man to the point that it's becoming so divisive that people don't want to see the truth anymore and they just want to lobby behind their man. Well, my hope is that we will lobby behind our only begotten man, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God of all. He's the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, and he is the one that can help anyone see the truth. Now, let's go back to the story. An interesting thing was mentioned here to us, by the way. It says that the man was born blind from birth, but the disciples were associating the blindness of this man to sin. An interesting worldview, but believe it or not, that's the kind of worldview that existed back then and continues to exist today, at least in the Middle Eastern region. And I'm sure in other parts of the world, there is this idea that if someone is born with deformity, could be blindness, maybe something wrong with their body, maybe they're paralyzed, whatever the issue might be, that somehow this is caused by sin as a punishment for that person if they sin or punishment for the parents and so on and so forth. And notice the question that the disciples ask. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sent, this man or his parents? And, you know, we have this issue, usually, um, as believers, sometimes we get sidetracked, sidetracked, I should say, from recognizing the power of God to heal at all levels, spiritually, most important, of course, physically, and at the same time, relationally and socially, the Lord is able to fix all things and make all things new. Yet the disciples who were walking with Jesus, recognizing basically, um, you know, the purpose of his coming, or at least beginning to recognize that, understanding the power of God, seeing the miracles that Jesus has done, instead of at least wondering if Jesus can heal this man, they actually faltered back into their own worldview and forgot about the purpose of why Jesus came in the first place, and that's to make everything new, most importantly, by healing mankind from sin. And there is something interesting that happened in this particular passage that I just read that takes us back to the creation account in Genesis 1. And here is what I mean by that. I'm going to take you there for a second because I want to tie some loose knots here. If we go to Genesis chapter 1 and we get uh, to basically day number 6, it says, Then God, in verse 26, then God said, Let us make man in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish. And in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And here we see the compassion, the love and the gracious God who made man In his image, in his likeness, not necessarily that we look like God. What it means is that we are intercessors between man and God. We are kings like him, representing him on earth to rule over things. And we are horizontally relational uh, beings, just as the Godhead, the members of the Trinity, are relational with one another for all of eternity. Now, and it says that uh, basically... God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the the sea and the birds in the sky and over everything, creature, living creature, I should say, uh, that moves on the ground. Then God says, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and, you know, continue with that. And then it says, and God saw all that he had made and it was very good. The conclusion of creation on the sixth day was described as very good, and the pinnacle of that was mankind. Every day, God says, and it was good, except for this day, it says God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Man have a special place in the heart of God, by the way and god is not a god who is a god of wickedness or a god of punishment he is a god of grace and a god of love and because of this god did not intend for man to be born this way nor that it is that god wanted man to be punished for sin it was man who brought punishment on himself or herself because of the sin that we committed in the garden and obviously represented by our parents, Adam and Eve, and we inherited that tendency. Romans 5.12 talks about that, that sin entered into the world because of one man. And death is a result of that because the wages of sin are death, as Romans 6.23 says. And as a result of this, we all die indicative of the fact that we are all sinners. In fact, Romans also tells us that no one all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. There isn't a single righteous person on the face of this earth. Only Jesus is sinless. And that's why he was the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sin. Now, the worldview that I just described, that mankind is born with deformity, blindness, paralysis, or something to that extent, is associated with sin. Jesus came to prove it otherwise. And now, I'll take you to another story in the Gospel of Mark that will shed more light on this. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, we read about another person that was with deformity, the paralyzed man. It says, a few days later, starting from verse 1, Mark, chapter 2, verse 1, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he came home, uh, he come home, uh, I should say. The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat, then lowered the mat, and man was lying, lying on, lowered the mat, the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Notice, notice what Jesus says. He saw their faith, their effort to come to him, believing that he can heal. He looked at them and says, son, talking to the paralyzed, your sins are forgiven. Your sins, plural, all of them are forgiven. Now, notice the reaction of the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious people who always are the ones that want to basically uh, reign on your party. They do not want you to celebrate anything good that comes to you, by the way. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, notice internally, not verbally, outside of their mind they were thinking internally why does this fellow speaking of jesus of course talk like that he is blaspheming you see they always go to religious things they don't go to basically the heart of god they always think about how righteous they are above everything he is blaspheming who can forgive sin but god alone they are correct in saying this by the way but yet they are denying that jesus is god incarnate Who is able to save sin? Jesus, now it says in verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Notice, for Jesus to know what they were thinking in their heart, he has to be omnipresent, he has to be omniscient. These are two attributes of God. This is what he said to them. Why are you thinking these things? He didn't say, Why are you saying? Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. If God forgives sins from heaven, then God on earth also has the same authority. Otherwise, God won't be God. He cannot be God just in heaven and not God on earth, by the way. So, he said to the man, verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You know what Jesus did? He countered that worldview and says, You're thinking he is paralyzed because he's a sinner. Well, guess what? His faith is evident that he came believing that I can heal him. Well, I am going to heal him by doing what? By removing the sin out of his life. And to prove to you that I forgave his sins, he's going to stand up and walk now because he is no longer paralyzed, proving that his sins have been forgiven. Jesus met the people at their level and just proved one thing. Sin and healing sin is the most important thing in the life of mankind, more so than anything else. What happened after that was after the fact. Jesus wanted to prove that he has that authority to to forgive sin, not that he should have or needed to heal the man physically, but he wanted to prove to me and to you that Jesus heals sins evident by this miracle. The same thing happened here by virtue of Jesus creating a new eye, restoring the blind man to the original very good state that God made mankind accordingly when we read it in Genesis 1:26, all the way to the end of the chapter. You see what's going on? Jesus did what God did and who is God, of course, incarnate, did what happened in Genesis 1. And Genesis 2, it says that God formed from the mud, basically formed from the ground, you know, basically with his own hand, man created Adam that way. And that's what Jesus said, formed from mud, an eye, and rubbed it on his blind eyes and then told him to go and wash. You see the connection with the spirit and the water also. The Spirit of God hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Here, go and wash. The Spirit is also about restoring things represented by water. So here we see all the imageries of God the Father, as in Genesis when he formed man. Jesus the Son who spoke and told him to go and wash. And the Spirit represented by the water. We see the members of the Trinity also uh, cooperating here in terms of this healing But the most important thing here for us to see that Jesus says, no sin, no sin, has nothing to do with sin. It has to do with glorifying God. Jesus here also is attacking that worldview differently this time. But sin and forgiveness of sin is the most important thing. God is not going to punish people just because he feels like it. People brought to themselves punishment and judgment fell upon them. The wrath of God has been revealed from heaven already. We need now to appease that wrath by accepting Jesus and his power. There is a lot to really be talked about here in terms of this particular passage about the blind man. But what I wanted to focus on here, at least for today, maybe in the future we'll revisit this once again, that there is deficient worldviews that can prevent people from believing that good things can happen to you. And that can prevent you from praying and seeking God's basically help. People want the physical healing, but they forget the spiritual healing. And that's basically what Satan wants you to focus on. Lament your physical situation. Lament your political situation. Lament your material and economical situation. Lament your social situation, but forget about your spiritual situation. You know what? Your spiritual situation and forgiveness of sin is the most important part of your life. When that heals, everything can be dealt with after that. As you will see when we continue reading this chapter, that the reaction of the neighbors of this man and the reaction of religious authorities represented by the Pharisees wasn't that pleasant at all. They did not throw a party that the man was healed, they went to the world view. Not only that he is a sinner, how dare Jesus even heal him on a Sabbath? Because they did not recognize that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Obviously, they should have remembered better, because that's exactly what Jesus told them in John chapter 5, when he declared to them that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, and they Immediately thought he was blaspheming as well. That Jesus healed healed the hand or the arm of a man in a temple at that time, and yet uh, I would say he he healed uh, a, another paralyzed man uh, uh, by the um, basically uh, uh, the the uh, the pool of Siloam, the same pool that he asked him to go to, asked the blind man to go to. So uh, you know, mankind does not like miracles. Mankind, sinful mankind, wicked mankind, mankind who doesn't believe in God or the miracles of God, does not accept miraculous things that God can do. Why? Because mankind always like to elevate their own views and their own authority over the authority of God. But Jesus trumped all of that. He showed them that he can trump all of that. He can override their views. He can override their thinking and philosophies and prove to them that all he had to do is just make a new eyes, set of eyes to this blind man. Blind man. Speak to him and heal him that way and give him a command to go and wash. And when he obeyed, he was healed. You see, it's all about obedience. It's all about listening to the voice of Christ. It's all about trusting Christ. It's all about fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. God doesn't want us to be deformed in any way, shape, or form. He wants us to be healed, complete, and fulfilling his purposes. What were his purposes? Right after he said in Genesis chapter 1:26 that he let us make man in our image and our likeness, after he said that it was very good, What were our purposes? That we be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. That we have everything we need, everything to enjoy. And yet, sadly, we tend to always focus on the material side. We focus on the physical side. We focus on the social side and ignore the relationship with God that heals all of that. This is what I wanted to share with you today. May the Lord open the eyes of many, if not all, to begin to see his beauty through all of these ashes. That ashes that are created by mankind, hatred towards each other, division, slabbing and stabbing one another, disrespecting authority and government, uh, caring for oneself rather than his neighbor, ignoring God and replacing him with many other things. That's where the church should shine, to pray for the sinful healing, healing from sin, the removal of sin from society, from our decayed society that is infested with sin, that is drowning in sewage called sin. That's what the church needs to do, rather than to sit on the sideline lamenting things and pretending that they have no role. I wonder why the church always likes to just sit on the sideline and just uh, lament the persecution. We like just to be persecuted, to talk about it only. We don't like to stand up for the truth, sadly. I don't know why. Jesus warned us that we will be persecuted, but he didn't say stop there. He says, go and make disciples of all nations he told us that we will be hated for his name's sake he warned us that we will be persecuted just as he and the prophets also of past were persecuted i don't know why we think we're special actually that just because we're going to be persecuted maybe we should just mind our own business and sit on the side i don't know really where we get these ideas from Sadly, of course, when we do things like this, guess what happened to the society? The society becomes more contaminated by falsehood. You know why? Because there is no light in there. Did you catch what Jesus says in verse 5, John 9, 5? As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Is Jesus in the world, folks, through the church? Are you his light that is reflecting uh, him? to a world living in darkness? Are we doing what Jesus asked us to do? If we're not, we have no business complaining, actually. We have no business lamenting what might happen to us. We have no business basically feeling discouraged by how our society is turning all the way down to the pit. Why? Because apparently there was no light to shine to allow them to see the errors of their ways. And this been happening for decades, by the way. Anyway, folks, we will continue our discussion about this in future episodes. I want to thank all of you for being our supporters and partners. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. God bless.